Hello everyone, this is Andrew from WKNC 88.1 FM. I am joined here with Super Bloom here in the cave at Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Why don't all of you tell me who is here and what you play in the band? Hey Andrew, it's uh, Matteo here. I play drums. Hey, I'm Brian. I play bass guitar. This is Tim. I play guitar. This is Dave coming in from Enemy Territory. I sing and play guitar. Awesome. So I'm a pretty big fan. I added a couple tracks off of the debut a couple months back. I remember it was Planetary that had sent it to me. Shout out to Planetary and great guys over there. Um, first thing I wanted to ask, tell me about how Superbloom came to form. Specifically, how did y'all get the name? Uh, yeah, so... Dave and I have known each other since we were kids, and we've been playing in bands together, um, like, basically all our lives. Um, but when we moved to New York, we wanted to put a band together. So we put out... Actually, no. First, we recorded a demo with a friend. Nice. And through that friend, we met Brian. So we jammed with Brian. We hit it off. And then we were looking for a drummer, so we put an ad out on Craigslist. And Mateo replied to the Craigslist ad. It's uh, always a good way. It's like a success story for Craigslist, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of the few good things I've heard off of Craigslist in the entirety of its existence, essentially. Yeah, I like, actually got a great dresser from Craigslist. A shout out the dresser that I got a few months ago. Well, hey, that's that's two things I've heard now. That's awesome. <laughs> we, we met Mateo. Nobody got stabbed, which was good. <laughs> and uh, we hit it off like right away. And now actually Brian and Mateo live together. And they just met through the band. So it's like everyone's super tight. And it, it has just worked since then. Awesome. Uh, and the name came around. How did the name come around? I don't know how he found it, but we mentioned, hey, Brian, after what? Like a week or two of hanging out? Yeah. That another name was what it was. Yeah. yeah. We're like, what do you think of Super Bloom? And Brian freaked out. <laughs> um, he can reenact that right now if you want. Hey, Brian, what do you think of Super Bloom? That's the sickest fucking name I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. It's a great band name. It's still the best band name ever. Sorry, everyone else. It's amazing. Great job, Dave. So when I, uh, when I saw the Craigslist ad and the guys reached out to me, they, the band name was being touted as being, I think, Low Places like the Garth Brooks song. <laughs> and I was like, and apparently that came about because what, you guys were literally in a bar and they played Garth Brooks in the background and you were like, Low Places seems like a good name. Low Places is the best drinking song of all time. Okay, so I was like, oh, that seems that seems decent. That seems okay. And then practice number three, no, number two, we did one and they were like, okay, you're cool. Yeah, come back for, the n for a second. And then they were like, oh, okay, so I guess, you know, do you want to be in the band? And I was like, yeah, definitely. And Dave goes, okay, well, by the way, we're called Super Bloom, <laughs> not Low Places. So <laughs> that's how I was informed. Last minute change there. Well, that's interesting path. You know, I feel like some of the best band names just kind of come about out of nothing. Um, trying to think of some good ones off the top of my head. I remember talking to Dave at practice about it. And if I remember right, in 2017, there was one of those enormous, they're literally called Super Blooms, those... uh like flower blossoms out in Death Valley where yeah. like all the flowers go off at once and it was just like a kind of hot word and I think that's maybe how it came up. 
but um, maybe the origin and actual super. Yeah, yeah, it's named after like the actual super bloom in Death Valley. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. We got the word. And one day we'll cut a live album live from Death Valley. <laughs> Let me know when that happens. I would definitely love to hear that. Yeah, and uh, maybe a little difficult recording conditions, but <laughs> pretty uh, typical question up next. And I already know one of the answers based off of the, may I say, awesome shirt, first of all. Uh, what's some of Superbloom's biggest influences? The shirt is uh, Fantastic Planet by Failure, by the way, um, since... I realize this is an audio recording, and <laughs> you can't see what the shirt is. Yeah, this is a, a Failure Fantastic Planet t-shirt. The design's by um, Campton Moger, from, uh, currently from Heavenward, but he used to play in Teenage Wrist. That's a great band, too. Yeah, also huge influence. Uh, Failure, Teenage Wrist. Like, a lot of the like newer sort of, like, I don't know, rock and kind of grungeish kind of bands for sure. Mm -hmm. Like when we first got together, I personally was listening to like a lot of Super Heaven, uh, Teenage Wrist, Balance and Composure, uh, Drug Church, that kind of stuff. But we also, you know, were raised on all of like the classic 90s rock and alternative rock. Dave's Dave's rocking a hey. old school Rage Against the Machine Evil Empire shirt. These are all great bands I'm hearing. I... I think almost every single one of the ones you've listed, I've played on my radio show multiple times. I think also, like Tim said, we all grew up listening to a lot of 90s music, but also just a lot of sort of heavy music with poppy hooks mm. and, you know, like good melodies. I think that's a big underpinning in general of what influenced um, us in a lot of the songwriting. But yeah, melody and loudness. Deftones, like anything from sort mm. of more pop punk stuff to Deftones to everything that Tim just listed to obviously. Anything new we should check out that you're, that you're kind of your uh? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, it's edited, don't worry. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this b band called Bleed. Um, there's uh, another band called Trauma Ray that's yeah. pretty rad. Um, those are the two that are coming to mind right now. Yeah, yeah. I think Bleed just kind of came around. Um, I think they just dropped their debut EP like a couple months ago. So cool. still definitely just yeah. breaking out. Yeah, it makes it. Uh, I had to make sure that the song I was playing from them on my show was clean, and it was very difficult to find the lyrics just by searching Bleed. <laughs> we played a show last night in DC with uh, Daigs and Dosser and. The rememberables and definitely check out those guys. Nice. If if you don't know them already, they're they're very good. Um, it was our first time playing with them, but they're all great bands. All have reasonably recent music coming out, similar vibe. Yeah, really good. Awesome. Uh, so kind of bouncing off of that, when you guys talked about that vibe of the the sound, like it it's easy to to identify when you hear it, like with the bands that you listed, like Teenage Wrist, uh, Balance and Composure. Um, a lot of discourse I've seen online labels Superbloom as just straight up grunge. And I know genres and labels is something that can be pretty contentious among musicians. So what's your take on all that? Do you care about being labeled grunge? Do you see yourself as something else? 
does it do you even care at all about it i personally don't this is mateo i personally don't care necessarily but I, it doesn't upset me <laughs> i listen to that type of music i listen to grunge i grew up listening to a lot of those bands from the 90s from sort of seattle etc so it's f very flattering um I don't think any of us set out or sat around a table and said, let's make grunge music or let's write music that sounds like this. And I'll let Dave and Tim speak more on this, but I think we, they, we write music that we want to listen to and that we like, and that tends to be kind of guitar-driven, heavy, melody-laden music, which in some respects is what grunge was or is so. Yeah, it doesn't bug me personally. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we've always sort of set out, and I'm sure like you may might get a lot of bands saying this, but for sure it's true with us. Like we just set out to write and play the songs that we wanted to hear and listen to, and I think a lot of it is like, you know, we we love feedback and heavy distortion and and just being really loud, but we also love catchy hooks and like melody and, and all that too and harmony for sure these guys do a lot of work on harmony um so yeah i think it's like just the music that we want to hear it's uh tough to define stuff sometimes for sure i definitely also don't mind grunge or whatever people want to call it you know if they're talking about it then we're ahead so you can call it whatever you want um but definitely some <laughs> grunge you know definitely some grunge like alternative influence in there um but yeah call it whatever you want enjoy you know Awesome. Yeah, I definitely, I frequently have arguments, not even arguments, just extended discussions with my roommate about this exact topic because Classic. we always talk about the idea of musicians going in with a specific genre they want to like almost follow the formula for. And we both always say that that's just not the way to do it. It, it always comes across very um, mechanical and it's it's like it was like generated through some sort of software. But if you if you go into it with just like meshing all of your ideas, um, and it comes out as just a sound, that's the that's what we think is like the really organic way to get some of the best music out there. So I was definitely curious to hear y'all's take on that, and it's nice to know that you seem to agree with that. Yeah, definitely. What does a typical writing session look like for you guys in terms of whether it's um, jamming or actually writing lyrics, any of that? I'll leave some of the lyric stuff to Dave for sure. Um, usually Dave and or Tim will bring like a demo. Dave sends over a lot of like acoustic demos with vocals, uh, things like that that we'll check out and listen to. And then either with uh, just Mateo in the practice room, kind of working on some arranging and some drum parts before or sometimes we'll all go and meet together and kind of just play through the tracks work on the arrangement um it's pretty like open process just like trying out different ideas um just like adjusting parts in the song together as a whole just kind of hearing it in the room because something can sound great on its own but if it's not gelling with everybody together it's tough to tough to recreate and do live for sure um so yeah usually dave or Tim will like bring the backbone of like a chord structure, and then we'll kind of piece it together as a team. Um. Um, <clears throat> I'd say uh, that's pretty accurate, but what tends to actually happen is we bring in a song, we play on it, 
and then we'll record it on something like this, and we'll take it home, and then by the next practice, the song's either dead <laughs> or it's completely changed, and then, you know, rinse and repeat until we get to a point where we invested so much time into it, it can't be dead. Um, Lyric-wise, I don't know. I don't know how to, you know. Yeah. I use thesaurus.com. <laughs> Rhymezone.com a lot. Big, sl- big slant rhyme kind of guy. So there's some some great websites. <laughs> Shout out to them. Yeah. Use your resources, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone. Else. Yeah, like the like we were saying earlier, like the whole process of creation and like kind of like putting our own sort of like sort of feel, vibe, identity, whatever you want to call it, into the song. It's for us. It seems to happen after a lot of like writing rewriting changing rewriting kind of like throwing it against the wall a lot hmm. and what was a big change i think for for all of us was like we all come from playing in heavy heavier bands like you know we played in punk bands and hardcore bands and, and loud bands where we're kind of standing up all practice and like going crazy all practice but when we got together we sort of like we we're like all right let's buy some seats and like let's let's get together and like let's talk through the parts let's think about the parts let's like Let's like actually talk to each other and not just like play as loud as we can for an hour and a half. Making it feel a bit more like orchestrated. I, I never touched a major chord until <laughs> this shit. Let's see what else I got. I think you guys have already kind of touched on this a little bit, but are there any bands you would love to work with in the future, whether that's touring or collaborating with on records or split EPs, et cetera, et cetera? Touring's a pretty p- long list. Of bands we'd like to work with, um, Deftones probably number one. Shout That'd be out. dope. Deftones, it's hard as nails. Be great. Be a lot of fun. Um, I love to tour with that band Basement. If they're touring, I don't know mm. what their deal is, but I always really like them. Um, I think a lot of the bands that Tim mentioned earlier, a lot of the more, I don't know if I want to say contemporary, but let's say more recent bands uh, that are in maybe of a similar style or stylistically mm-hmm. could be associated to what we do would be amazing to tour with them and obviously kind of having similar maybe audiences. Um, and we've been able to become quite friendly with some of them, um, which is great. So I, I'm not ruling out, you know, to mention Heavenward and people like that would be amazing to tour with, etc. cetera. Um, but I mean, dream big. So I don't know, Tim, do you have some bigger names? Uh, this is all pretty new for us. Like we, we just released the album in June. Um, we're on our first run right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're here in North Carolina. We have a few more cities to go. Um, and it's been like crazy fun so far. Um, but we like, you know, obviously daydream about all the <laughs> bands that we could, you know, go on the road with and play with. Um, you know, Locally, there's like you know a band like Quicksand who we mm-hmm. you know all love, and you know they're they're in Brooklyn. I, uh, we would just want to like roll over and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. let's go on a tour together. That'd be killer. Um, love them. Um, and there's a bunch of bands on the road right now that we're really into, like Military Gun and Spice are on like a little run right now. Um, but we would basically jump on like we, we would love to jump on with you know any bands that dig us and and want to take us out and we're we're pretty like you know psyched to be out now and would would definitely be psyched to go out with anyone really 
Yeah. This so this is your first actual tour. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty exciting. Um I know I had some questions about that, but I felt like being a little bit more freeform for a second. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um So how how far into the tour are you right now? So we're just getting rolling. Uh it's yeah. a short run, but we played in DC last night. Yeah. Um with some awesome bands. Um Day Aches uh out of Virginia. Doser out of Baltimore and the Rememberables who are in DC for the most part. Um, all really cool uh, bands and just good people, like human beings. We had a ton of fun with them last night. Um, tonight's our second night here at the Cave in Chapel Hill. It's our first time down here. It's we're all psyched to be here. Yeah. Uh, then we're heading out to Atlanta tomorrow, and then we're doing shows down at the Fest in Gainesville. And it's, it's going to be our first time down at the fest. It's like a legendary festival yeah. down there. So we're really excited to be, to, to go hit it up. Awesome. Curious, any first impressions of North Carolina? Excellent. Glad to hear it, even though you chose the wrong city to come to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Wolfpack. That's but, right. Um, <laughs> we did choose the wrong city. It was out of our hands, really. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't choose it. Um, no, first impression's great. We only arrived here a few hours ago, so really looking forward to seeing hopefully a little more tonight. Mm-hmm. See, hopefully get a decent turnout and maybe get a chance to hang out afterwards. But yeah, yeah it's awesome. Um, the whole tour kind of came about, Tim mentioned Fest, and that was kind of the spark that ignited the whole idea. We we got a chance to get booked for Fest, which is we were obviously very excited about. Um, it was going to be our first ever show outside of New York, and then we figured, hey, why not make it a trip and kind of, you know, book ourselves some shows on the way down. So hence why it's a, you could say a short run, but yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you know, we, especially after I think the year that last year was with not playing any shows, we played Mm -hmm. our first show in like 18 months or whatever, a couple months ago, a few months ago was our first show back after COVID. So from that to now being able to actually be on the road with the guys and Doing this for the first time is super exciting. Awesome. Shows after the year that everyone had has have been like really special so far. Mm-hmm. Like when we got back together for the first time, we played at a venue in East Village called Bowery Electric. Mm. And I remember like, you know, the the room was it, it was just like packed and people were like hugging each other, like getting each other beers, like cheersing. There were people who were like getting emotional. It was just like unreal to be back in a room together yeah and it just like once we got on it just like went insane like we just like everyone just like went off it was like cathartic for everyone i think so this whole thing has been just like really just a ton of fun to be a part of and to answer your first question uh we're here for the barbecue (laughs) that's right any any recommendations yeah Gotta go to the backtrack if it's good enough. The the pit in Raleigh. That's what I know. I think there actually is one in Durham, which is probably closer to here. But Chapel Hill is not my territory, so I can't help you out there, sadly. Unless you find like a Smithfields. (laughs) But that's everywhere. Well, departing from the tour questions a bit, I had a couple more uh, scattered ones. I'll start with one that's a bit more on topic. Uh, I really like the album art for Pollen. Um, I remember I showed, uh, some tracks to my friend and the first thing he said was just, oh my God, that album art. And 
um i was like yeah i would love to know the story behind it and then i got the email about interviewing you so now i want to know what's the story behind the album art <laughs> you guys want to do i mean the album art is by an amazing artist called patrick turk okay who um he's incredible um he's out of texas houston, houston texas um he's i think primarily a, a collage artist if not exclusively and i believe dave found the art on just like on Instagram, yeah. Just Instagram, which is kind of lame, but it was like, whoa, what is this? It was like a, the one we chose was part of like a, a series of 20, kind of the same thing. Hmm. Uh, what was it called? There's uh, Blue Star. Blue Star. Uh, the Legend of Blue Star or something, right? Which is basically like like an urban legend apparently where they like soaked kids you know uh temporary tattoos and like acid or something and like kids put it on and got fucked up but uh <laughs> apparently it's not true but it's kind of a crazy thing to do an art piece on yeah um <laughs> that's not the only reason we picked it but it's just kind of crazy so anyhow it just kind of spoke to us we actually bought the original art from him too mm. um and now he's kind of like on our team a little bit we, we have a shirt with him right now and uh, we want to work with him in the future. Shout out to, to Pat. Yeah, the uh, the whole canvas that we got is like it's like a full piece of artwork. That's the collage that's on the album art, and the album art is like a sort of like a cropping of that collage that Dave worked on. Just you know, he has the visual eye for the band and created sort of like that that cover image. Mm-hmm. Um, we were trying forever to like put a super bloom logo on it and like a pollen logo on it and just like have the album name on there and the band name but it just was like the artwork is just so cool and like there's so much going on and it's like it just works the best by itself so we were all like really happy to where it landed which was like the most sort of like like original sort of like authentic like part of the art yeah i just wanted to say Huh? Yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it. <laughs> I just wanted to say um, what I really like about the artwork is that I feel like in most cases, maybe traditionally, you know, bands would either commission the artwork or they would get someone to work on it for them, communicate some sort of vision, and then you have the artist put the whole thing together. And I feel like it was totally reversed for us. We actually, mm. the piece was pre-existing, so the piece already existed, and we saw it and loved it and then reached out to Patrick and... I think we were pretty surprised maybe by how just into the whole idea he was and he was kind of saying that he'd always wanted to have one of his pieces be album art and he felt like it really fit what he was doing and it turned out that he was actually really into the band or became into the band um, wow. and he basically gave us complete free reign he said look if you guys buy the piece essentially it belongs to you and you can fundamentally do whatever it is that you want to do with it so, which was amazing so yeah again shout out to Patrick he's been incredible to deal with and his art is sick it's a <laughs> easy way to get a new fan hey can i steal your art <laughs> put it on this album yeah yeah, yeah definitely uh, you guys sound great <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no but um that's definitely a really cool way I, I yeah like you were saying i feel like with most artists especially like um a lot of a lot of like mainstream artists it's like they have their own specified um designer that they have that 
sort of goes with them throughout the records and helps design all the album covers but it's seems like every, a lot of things i've heard about like the formation of stuff with this band seems almost like accidental and it's awesome like with the the name it was just like hey super bloom yeah we're doing it <laughs> and then the album art is just i don't know it's a it's not a story you typically hear but i definitely a fan of it so i believe my memory is sort of failing me but i think the tracks that i specifically added to our rotation and the ones i was the biggest fan of were whatever and leash um i was wondering if you guys had a track you were proudest of off of pollen i personally like pollen the best that's not really an answer i mean it's not like a fun answer but i just like that one the best it's fun to play maybe that's why doesn't have to be a fun answer um yeah it's really fun to play yeah so it makes me uh makes me happy but you guys brian i'm a double dip on pollen it's great uh, i think it encapsulates a lot of what we have going on in a bunch of different directions at the same time um, yeah it it sparks joy pollen sparks joy um I think the arrangement's really good. We spent a lot of time figuring out what we were going to do for that third verse. We rewrote it so many times. It's outrageous. But it really landed, and I think you can hear the work and the... Uh... <laughs> I really hope that came through in the audio. Uh, yeah. That is staying yeah. in, if it did. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm super proud of everything on that track, how it turned out. <laughs> the guitars are slamming. The drum grooves are tight. I got some sweet bass lines in there. Vocals are good. It just rips front to back. Uh, Brian also engineered that song. Awesome. For all the songs. So he's talking about he got that. <laughs> some. I captured ca- some of it. We had a bunch. Yeah. A um, little but, bit of bias. Yeah, Pollen's, Pollen's great. Uh, 1994 also hits really hard. Um, whatever, of course, is like just another just absolute slammer that's been hitting. Um, very proud of it. Yeah, and you know what? The one that no one talks about because we didn't release it as a single that I think is sweet is Glass Candy Rapper. It definitely flew mm. under the radar. It's nice. It's just totally, you know, it's pretty out there. It's a later album track for sure. But um, some diversification on there. Leash, you mentioned Leash. Yeah. Right? Um, I like Leash. Leash is one of the probably, if not the oldest song on the record in terms of when it was actually uh, written and even recorded right it was like a one of the earliest recording sessions we did for the record that mm. wasn't even at, at the time kind of almost wasn't not necessarily that it wasn't going to be on the record but it wasn't recorded with the record in mind almost it was that far in advance from memory i could be wrong but um yeah i i like leash a lot it has like a special place in my heart because it's a little it's a little more dated in terms of uh, how we recorded the other stuff, but I think we're honestly it, it took us a little while to put the record out, and we had a lot of time to go over everything and make sure that we were happy with everything. So mm. I would honestly say that there's no songs on the record that we just put on there because we needed something. There's no like fodder. It's it's just sort of there's no filler. Rather, it's just we got a chance to really make a record with complete independence and only songs that we were proud of and happy with how they turned out which feels really nice to look back on it and not have a single song that you're like, oh, I wish we hadn't done that or, you know, so I like I like all of them. That's awesome. Yeah, as a whole on the record, we 
like wanted to sort of have the album have sort of a movement to it mm. and so there's like acoustic songs in there and then like last candy rapper that brian mentioned has like its own sort of acoustic vibe to it so it's like there's ups and downs and we we kind of wanted to like have the album sort of be just like a bit more of like a, a movement like a journey than it and then like a you know just a bunch of like loud songs with feedback like back to back to back yeah. to back my favorite track uh is I, I, I really like how whatever turned out because when we recorded it we were or when we wrote it rather it was over the pandemic and we were like all sort of in different areas of the country at that point mm. so i think dave and mateo i think you guys laid down the demo with the guitar and drums and i was like out of state and you guys sent it to me and i wrote like a really wacky guitar solo over it and like those weird guitar parts over it yeah. and i was like kind of nervous about what the response would be but i sent it back and everyone was down with it so <laughs> i was like okay cool we can keep it uh, so I like that the dudes like let me kind of go nuts with it. Actually, we were all in New Hampshire without Tim, and he sent it. But we were like partying and whatever. And we didn't get back to him for like three days, and so we just left him on read. <laughs> just like his idea hang like you know, dangling in the wind. And then we're like, oh yeah, by the way, your guitar set, your guitar solo is sick. I was wondering, as someone who is a, an aspiring cinephile. What's everyone's favorite movies or TV shows? My favorite movie is Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. I watch it. I try to watch it every year on my birthday. It's sick. Nice. We did. We did. <laughs> we it did. Brian, it was, I was at Brian's. I, my parents live in Europe, and mm -hmm. I was at Brian's, for, Brian's family home for Thanksgiving last year, and it was on TV. It started at like 11. And it was on TV, and we were both like, this is the perfect TV movie. We're going to watch it start to finish. It wasn't your birthday, though, sadly. It's ah. true. It was my birthday. So I missed it. But uh, <laughs> love a good scam. So <laughs> that's for me. <laughs> Since uh, it's a little bit drizzly, one last question. If you had to visit one country that you'd never been to before, what would that be? I think going to Japan would be sick. I'm trying to eat some really good ramen, check out some serious quality snow, see what's going on. Texas. It's <laughs> the absolute worst choice. <laughs> You're fired. Tim? You know, I really want to go to China, actually. I quite recently decided that I would really like to go and spend a decent amount of time there traveling around and eating all the food and seeing all the things. If I had to pick just one country, just because it's enormous enough to be able to do that, but also Brazil. Y'all gonna come to Brazil? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Brazil or, or Mexico, Mexico City. I would want our bands to play there because <laughs> I've seen like festivals and stuff that happen down there. Like I think Deftones has like Dia de los Deftones in Mexico City. Um, the the music scenes seem amazing. Just like go out there and and play for a new crowd would be sick. Yeah. Well, since uh, we ran into some unfortunate circumstances with uh, getting good audio quality here, and it's starting to rain, I think that about does it. I I really want to thank all of you for taking the time to do this interview. I had a blast, and 
really glad that I can share this with the listeners since they've definitely heard a fair share of the album over the airwaves. Um, Appreciate it. Any last words? Shout out to Clay, who's here with us on tour and is just an all-around legend. Sunbeam Tigers. No, thanks for, Andrew, thanks for coming down to meet us in enemy territory, like you said. <laughs> Go Wolfpack. Of course. Our Wolfpack became one stronger. <laughs> really appreciate you taking the time. It's been a lot of fun coming all the way down here. It's been good. So thank you. Awesome.